Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Today, we are celebrating episode 100, and I am so excited to be at this milestone. I honestly cannot believe it. So in honor of 100 episodes and to make this sort of a, a monumental celebratory day, I have with us today a very special guest. It is our first ever guest on The Art of Being You, and he gets to be the first one because apart from Jesus, he's had the biggest hand in my journey of becoming myself. So I want to introduce you guys to my husband and my BFF forever and ever, Grant Michael Wartman, the one and only. Woo! <laughs> hello, hello. She said I have big hands. I don't think I have big hands. No, I said a big hand <laughs> yeah, in yeah, my yeah. development. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, well, whatever. Thank you for having me. Oh, mercy. It's very generous. We have been praying because if you know us at all, uh, we do work a lot together, but it's usually a um, a bumpy road. The government needs to come in and fill the potholes in yeah. how we work together. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. So Best episode ever. I think so. Uh, in this episode, what we're doing is a Q&A, Ask Me Anything. So you probably saw on social media a couple weeks ago, we did a, hey, if you have a question for the podcast, shoot it at me. We've got a couple of really good questions. You guys are amazing, sending some very deep thought-provoking questions. Um, But what I thought we'd do on this podcast is really just let the one and only Grant take over and sort of host it, and uh, I'll be answering the questions, he'll be asking them, and then he might chime in a little bit here and there as well. There we go. So she asked me, well, let's start with some lighthearted ones. I was looking through the questions, and apparently... This audience base does not go light. <laughs> There's no. only deep questions for the most part. So We are heavy hitters, aren't we? <laughs> but guys, I would not have it any other way. You guys are awesome. Okay, so there was like one light question, which is Rachel Wortman. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Marie Gurian Wortman, what is your favorite episode of this podcast series? Well, it might be this one now since you forgot my name. Yay! <laughs> Amazing. No, uh, I think it would be one of the very first ones that we put out a couple years ago called Spring Break Breakdown, where uh, I told the story of this epic trip that we planned. Do you remember this for our kids? We were going to do Colonial Williamsburg, mm-hmm. and then we were surprising them with a day or two in Washington, D.C. My oldest had been, but the other two <laughs> had not. And we were like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Because our oldest, was it was like such a fun trip. He loved D.C. Yes. So we were like, oh, this will be so great for the kids. And they and they wanted to go because they knew he had such a good time. And it began <laughs> as an omen when I not only forgot my phone at home when we got to the airport, had to run back to get it. Then when I got back to the airport, I forgot my coat. And it was Washington, D.C. in March. It was like 40 degrees the whole time. It was just miserable. Nope. And then we had a lot of tears and just it was a actual breakdown and uh i love that episode because i think because of the podcast i got to find some silver lining in that ridiculous trip so if you want to hear some of the tales of our misadventures you can go back to towards i think it's like one of the first five episodes and listen to spring break breakdown that picture of the kids in front of the white house weeping i'll never forget that picture (laughs) 
where they're supposed okay. to be smiling, but no. Okay, here's um, another, uh, this one already. This is the second lightest question I could find. It's already deep. What is your most memorable moment you have ever had with the Lord? This one is like so hard. I could probably do three episodes just on memorable moments with the Lord. But I will tell you, uh, probably the one that is the penultimate or the maybe the foundation would be a better way to say it. But towards the, um, when I was like ending high school, so I was just about 16, 17 years old, and I had been in this really dark place. I'd been, I'd just gotten out of this relationship. I was just really, really lonely. I was saved, but I just felt really hopeless in my life. And I will never forget driving home from youth group one night and just kind of lamenting into the air, just feeling all this frustration. And I heard the voice of God. I don't know if it was like audible or just a very strong sense of the voice of God say to me while I was sitting in my driveway of my home, God said, if you'll come with me, I'm going to do great things with your life. And it was just this absolutely enticing promise and it gave me hope and Really, as simple as that sounds, like, you know, I have a lot of other moments where God has said these incredible things or, or shown me, I mean, a lot of other memorable moments, but that's the one I go back to because I don't know at that time if I knew what it was he was going to do with my life, but I knew that now I had purpose. And yeah, so that starry night when I was like 17 years mm-hmm. old in my driveway, that will always be probably the benchmark moment for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, this one kind of ties into that. So tell us about a time that you were terrified to obey God, um, but you went for it anyways, and then how did he reward you from it? Uh, hmm. Ooh, I have a lot of those, and I have a fair number of those where I was terrified Basically and I didn't all of do them. it. Right. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. We can be honest here. No, I, I mean, like so often God calls you into something, it's like, oh. Yeah. Here's the thing though, right? Like usually what God calls us into, it's designed to to challenge us. And so it is going to feel fearful because there are a few times where God will call me into something that I I know I'm going to enjoy, but that's probably three of the 100 things he's called me (laughs) into. So I think he does that on purpose. I think, um, honestly, the one that comes to mind the most, which is going to probably sound less spiritual, but when we decided to have grace was probably the most terrified I was of saying yes to the Lord. So you guys know my story. We had three kids. Then we we had a surprise pregnancy that we lost that baby at 20 weeks and then eventually decided we were done having kids. Fast forward four years. I was in this prayer night with our church and I was praying and just listening to the Lord. And he showed me this picture of a rock and he put the rock inside of my stomach and it started glowing. It like turned like a light turned on. I said, oh, wow, God, what is that? He said, that's a baby. I said, oh, oh, no, God, that's not that can't be what that is. He said, no, I want to give I want you to have another child. I want, I want to give you, you know, a rainbow baby, basically. And uh, I was like, nope. And we we had long chats. You remember that? It was like mm-hmm. four months of wrestling. I Googled yeah. every night for an hour trying yeah. to find blogs of people with four kids. <laughs> like, what's it like? How crazy are we? Because we were done for we years. We were done. Yeah, we were out of diapers. Officially never going back. Jack was right? about to go into kindergarten. Yeah, so it just was a huge curveball. And I actually really felt so much fear of like, what if this baby dies? Like, do I have the guts to 
continue on, you know, a lot of that kind of just emotional state. But it has turned out to be the most rewarding thing. Our mm-hmm. daughter, Grace, she's four and a half tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow's her six month half birthday. And she has been just the most incredible gift to our whole family, but specifically to me. She's the only one of our kids that looks like me and acts the most like me. And it's just been a huge blessing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, switching gears. Um, If you could give one, just one piece of advice, not two, just one piece of advice to somebody just starting out in ministry, what would it be? Hmm. Just one. Just one. Like, Don't you do two. Like, no. I'll stop the podcast. Point A, point B. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, this is hard. One piece of advice for somebody starting in ministry. I would say, uh, just one. Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to have to die to yourself way more than Ooh, you ouch. think you should. <laughs> That's what I would say. But Welcome I can't. Can I continue to elaborate? Life. Like, can I elaborate? You can no? answer. Of course, you can elaborate. Yeah. I mean, it is my podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I won't go there, but I guess we could ask you which one is your favorite episode. This is not the Grant Wortman experience. This is <laughs> Rachel's. Because I don't know. Have you ever listened to an episode of the podcast? Um. Anyway, so the next <laughs> question is one piece of advice. No, no, no. Let me advice. say, yeah, one piece of advice. No, I would say you're going to have to die to yourself so much more um, than you think. Because when we start out, we feel like, okay, God called us. Like, I, I, I can do this thing because God said it. But we forget that he plans on molding us into the person who can continue to do that thing. And that happens through what I like to call the crushing of the Holy Spirit. And if you want a significant ministry that's going to really impact a lot of people, God will make you like a fine powder. That's just, I just genuinely believe that. So you got to get comfortable with the crushing and get comfortable with dying to yourself daily, putting aside your own ego, all of that. We got an episode coming up soon um, that's going to talk about the three biggest enemies to leading in life with Christianity, specifically like ministers and uh, people in that realm. And so we're going to talk about why it's so important to die to yourself. A little teaser for that, but yeah. It's awesome. Die to yourself. Welcome to ministry. Your yes. life is over. I mean, yes. that is what Jesus said, literally. Yeah. That is literally what he said. <laughs> so... I guess you got it right. This is where you end. This is where I begin. Oh, so like, what about this, Jesus? No, no, no. That's not. That's, that's, that's not. But, I mean, always in doing so, it's like so much better than any dreams you could have on your own. Yeah. Well, it is that whole like you lose your life, but you actually find it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a weird one. But I love weird. you love weird. Yeah. So you was like Grant told me I should have called this podcast down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How great would that be? <laughs> yeah. Maybe a next one. Yeah. Okay. Is it possible to separate body from spirit? Meaning, should people address mental and physical issues without addressing spiritual issues? Such a great question. So what is it? Is it Romans that talks about dividing the word of God as living and active, able to pierce between uh, joint and marrow and divide between soul and spirit? And my take on that scripture is that 
your soul and your spirit are so closely intertwined to like, you are one person, right? Like when you wake up in the morning, you just are you, your body, your soul, your spirit, they're working together. But Jesus actually knows you so well that he can divide between what is what, what's your physical body, what is your soul, what is your spirit. And specifically when it comes to healing or counseling or inner healing or deliverance, that distinction is so important because Jesus knows the root of what you have going on in your life. So I don't think you can really divide it as if they are completely separate compartmentalized things. I think you have to treat yourself as one whole person because a lot of times the stuff going on in our emotions actually manifests in our physical bodies. And I don't mean manifest like demonically necessarily, but I mean, it filters into your body. If you carry stress, if you struggle with stress, for example, which has been one of my biggest challenges, then that can affect your physical body. And the way you fix the body is by fixing why you feel so inclined to allow stress to be there. That's one example. So I think yes and no, as a, as rabbit hole-ish as that can be. But at the same time, I think if you are wanting breakthrough and healing in your life, I would attack it from all fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask Jesus, you divide this in my heart. What do I need to focus on first? And let him be the author and perfecter of, of your faith experience because there's no one better at it than him. But sometimes we feel like we know better, and so we keep trying to make ourselves get better when the Lord's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is what you need to work on. If you work on this, it all kind of falls into place. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think the answer is yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, like there's sometimes that if there's a problem, sometimes it's only your physical body problem and it's not spiritual or mental. And oftentimes it's all tied together. Yeah. All right. Great question. Um, Next question. I'm watching many parents so consumed with keeping up with their busy lives that their kids are feeling anxious. How do you and Grant keep up with so many irons in the fire yet have downtime with each child and with the family together? Do we have a lot of irons in the fire, Grant? What's a fire? What's a fire? (laughs) (laughs) What's an iron? (laughs) If you don't know what it is, you don't have to acknowledge it, right? Exactly. <laughs> this is our new family motto, go fast, don't die. Uh, only only dying we're allowing is dying to yourself. Um, this is such a great question. I will say, I want to say my thought, and then I want you to share kind of your perspective on this. But I think my thought is that we actually, like when God is giving you a grace for something, you can do exceedingly more than you think you can if the grace is there because you're using his supernatural ability basically to do that. I think a lot of our life is that, but we do make some choices in the foundation of our family, like ecosystem. For example, we did not push our kids to love sports. Now, if you've ever known us in real life or seen a picture of us, that's probably not hard for you to believe. (laughs) I did sports as a kid, but it was clear from day one, it was not going to be a career opportunity for me. And I don't even know, did you ever do sports? <laughs> no, never did team sports. Yeah. So i baseball, I think when you were like, right. five. like I've seen little, one picture baseball, of you soccer. in I did baseball all the sports, uniform. but not like anything. Past yeah. Anything. And I think that our feeling was unless our kid really wants to do that, like it is something they find joy in and they find purpose in, then we're not going to push them to do that, which has helped us have a lot more freedom in our schedule. I know a lot of parents feel like, well, my kids need team sports to develop discipline or develop 
character. And I just kind of feel like we can develop that also. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. just come through team sports. So that helps our schedule quite a bit. My daughter, she's been into a lot of different things. She's great at basketball. That's a real passion for her. And she also really enjoyed theater. So like we would make time to do that. It's not like we don't let them do those things. But my feeling is if you're going to be complaining about it, we're not going to do it because that just demonstrates that you're not really enjoying it. That's helped us protect our evening schedule quite a bit. And then the other thing that happens is pretty much your bedtime routine with the kids is like superb. And I'm not, I'm not the one to put the kids to bed. Uh, I'm not really the one to wake up with them either, but I do do that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a good nighttime or morning person, but every night pretty much I'm when Grant- middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm like, I rock I'm a good it. Good lunchtime person. Three to five in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. Um, that's when I spend a lot of time with the kids, like in terms of processing their emotional heart and stuff. But that's at nighttime is when you do it, you know, putting the kids to bed and he spends at least 10 minutes, at least individually with each kid, just going through their day and just almost pastoring them, hearing their heart, encouraging them. And those times have become really sacred in our family. So even though our life is really chaotic, we do have a couple of things that, you know, we do try to eat meals together, sitting at the table, that kind of stuff. But we're also not like super hardcore about it. Maybe you can share about like the rhythm perspective Mm -hmm. that we shifted to. Yeah. Well, before I do, do you feel like, do you ever feel like the kids feel anxious because we are busy doing stuff? No, I actually think they don't care. That's why it helps to have so many of them. They have their own little world. No, I'm kidding. That's funny. But yeah, I don't, I mean, there are times where they will say like, they'll express that and we, we go through a process of really just attuning their emotions back to themselves, to the Holy Spirit. But by and large, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the rhythm thing is the biggest thing that comes to mind for me. I don't know if I've ever talked about that on the podcast before, so you can Mm. share about that. I will save the highlights for a future mind-blowing podcast but um like the concept of i used to think like oh our life needs to be balanced it needs to be really balanced like family needs to be totally in check and plenty of family night a date night yeah and and like work balance 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 and balance is a total myth and Mm -hmm. we've learned this from a lot of different mentors um i don't feel like balance in the kingdom of god exists i think it's an ebb and flow it's a rhythm And so we learned a long time ago just to jump into the rhythm of what God was doing. And if you do, I promise you, you will find that there is always ebbs and flows. Like it it goes back and forth, back and forth. And it doesn't matter if it's in business. It doesn't matter if it's with kids, if it's with school, if it's with like really you name whatever busy um, stuff happens in your life. There's an ebb and a flow to all of it. And so what we try to do is just really embrace the seasons that the Lord moves us into. And whether that's something that he called us into or that we just find ourselves flowing through, when it's busy, we kind of all buckle down and we understand what what we're doing and what needs to be done and everybody goes for it. And then there will be an ebb very soon, which is the side of the river that just kind of swirls around and just doesn't really go anywhere. It just kind of chills there until the next flow takes it away. And so in those ebbs, super important to chill out and just really enjoy life and relax and don't feel bad about not being productive or any of that kind of stuff. And so I think because of those ebb times, it keeps everybody healthy, keeps everybody, mm-hmm. you know, feeling good and able to push hard whenever the flows do come. 
Yeah, I think the hardest part was learning how to embrace the ebb while it happens and not cursing the season, right? So if it's super busy, we're not saying, oh, I just wish I had a break. I wish I had a break. We're not doing that anymore. We're embracing this is busy and we are advancing and we're moving things forward. And that's sort of how we train our kids as well. Like as a family, this is a busy season, but here's what we're doing, right? We're investing in people. We're building our business, whatever. And then two or three weeks later, like clockwork, when it shifts and there's just not as much to do, instead of feeling panicky that we're losing business, instead of feeling like bored or yeah, disappointed. Or for not, you know, like, oh my gosh, I just sat on the couch for all day. Like, yeah. That's okay. Like resting. Enjoy yeah. the ebbs. Exactly. Like not cursing the ebb either. And we do try to build in like a down day as best as we can, you know, like a Sabbath to the most as best as we can. But even in that, sometimes the Sabbath, we stack it up two or three days because over a two-week time period, there might be a lot going on. Yeah, but, that's a great question. Yeah. All right, we're switching gears. So this question is about grief. Okay. How do you grieve in a healthy way? Um, we know not like the world, but it doesn't stop the thoughts that come related to suicide. Yeah, I think grieving in, in any capacity, grieving a loss, it just is. I was actually having a conversation with someone I met a couple weeks ago and she has been, she's grieving a lot going on, a big loss in her life. And I was like, look, you just have to, you have to be where you are. You can't speed grief up. And it's frustrating because our American culture doesn't have a system of grief. Almost every other society does, you know, or I'm thinking like, back in the old times where you would dress all in black and everywhere you go, everyone knows you're not really okay. And so they can position themselves around you to be supportive in that way. But we don't have that in America. So we carry our grief deep inside of us. And then we have to sort of pretend like we're okay in all of our small talk conversations. So I think my, my best advice to, to someone grieving is to give yourself the time you need to do that and not, not allow, not force yourself to move out of, the place of grief or hopelessness until God brings you out of that. I mean, I think sometimes we feel like if we're truly grieving, we won't come out, but mm -hmm. we have to trust the Lord that it is okay to let all of our guards down and embrace what has happened mm -hmm. and trusting that he will bring a morning, a physical morning, like, like 7 a.m. to our emotional morning um, because he will. Yeah. It just might take a little bit longer than we think. Suicide is such a, is such a, has like a different note to that because it almost feels like it was preventable, right? And all the things that we could prevent tragedy-wise take on a whole different realm of grieving where where we do just have to continually lay that down and just just encounter God in the midst of that pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, and I think it just kind of comes back to the idea of the flows and the seasons. Like the big, the best way to grieve is to recognize that there's seasons and processes of grief. And they are coming, and if you try to fight them, <laughs> it will prolong the process. So when they come, embrace it wholeheartedly, and it's okay. Like, it's literally how God made you. It's how he designed you to process difficult things. And so, again, just flow with it as, as the Lord brings it along. Yeah. Okay, so I think we have time for one last question, and I'm going to ask it to you, Grant. Oh. And uh, I'm calling an audible. But I want to talk about the question about spiritual authority 
Um, and okay. if we didn't get to your question, that we was may... the next question anyway. Sweet. Well, <laughs> we may do like a Facebook live or something to cover the questions we didn't get to cover. But this question came from a single mom asking about spiritual authority. So who is, who is your authority if you're a single mom? Uh, did I read that right? Yeah, but I was so excited to just let you answer this one. <laughs> so now you're making me answer. I'll give my thoughts, but I think you should give your thoughts too. Lord. Okay. Help me. So the question is, um, she's a single mom. Who, who, where does the authority come from? Does a man have to be her spiritual authority or not? And I would say the Lord Jesus Christ is your authority. <laughs> um, the Father, he is your authority. He's your covering. He's over you. Of course, spiritual authority on the earth is helpful when the Lord brings it in seasons. But again, like ebbs and flows, <laughs> he brings it in seasons. And um, if the there's nothing like that at the moment, like, my goodness, the Lord is absolutely all that you need in that scenario. I, I would say that I think the illusion on the earth is that we need these stand-ins for God, but we don't. And so although the Lord does provide, right, he does provide different seasons of wisdom and mentors and things like that, but ultimately all of those, anybody who's discipling you, your pastor, your spiritual covering, whatever, all of those are temporary um, sort of like types and and like patterns of what exists in heaven, which is that Jesus Christ is the supreme authority of all of our lives. And I think that's where it gets really hard as a woman, where we often feel like we we need a man to be our covering because we were told that. But that's not entirely biblical. That is biblical from the place of the patriarchal society that the people lived in. But if you actually read what God has said, not just not just reading the Bible through historical or cultural lenses, but the actual word of God, you're going to find that women are liberated to be a, to have God be their authority as well. And I think that's one of the things that we need to look at. So in the home as a parent, our job as parents is to be like God to our kids, not God to our kids, but like God, where when they're little, we're teaching them to obey us. And that's a, that's like a pattern for them to learn how to obey God. But as our kids grow, our job is to become less, you have to obey me and more, I'm supporting you while you obey the Lord. And so we want the dynamic in our home to be one where everybody is coming under the Lordship of Jesus. And as you grow and you begin to hear God more on your own, you get more established in that. I mean, wouldn't you say that's true? Mm-hmm. And so if you have like a grown adult that that is like your spiritual covering, you still have to take that with a grain of salt. That grown adult is not your God. It is they're, they're a source of encouragement, a source of wisdom, but you cannot ob- obey them like blankly, right? Like blindly. You know, you have to really still have your relationship focused on Jesus as your authority. And I would just say that we lack nothing in the kingdom of God. And so if you're feeling a lack in terms of like you you think, okay, my kids are lacking because they don't have a dad in the home, or if you're a single parent and you're a dad and you're going, my kids are lacking because they don't have a mom in the home, really taking that to the Lord and, and letting him deal with that place, that feeling of lack and see what he says, because it's possible your kids might not be feeling the lack, you know, he may be giving, I think a lot of times God is giving out more grace than we're aware of in those type of situations. Um, and it just takes like a perspective shift to tap into that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Would you add anything into that? No, but I have a question for oh, you. Okay. Bonus so, round. Uh, I don't know if you want to share, but hundred episodes, huge deal. Like, holy smokes. That's amazing. 
big accomplishment. Thank you. Way to go. I love <laughs> I love you and I love that you're doing the podcast. Um, and event- like I, eventually you'll love the podcast. <laughs> no, I do love the podcast. Um, I feel like I live the podcast. Yeah. So, okay. Um, any thoughts on like the future? Or what do you feel like? Obviously, mm. you're going to do what the Lord wants for the podcast. But, you know, at the moment, do you feel like there's any future direction for what he's doing? Um, I don't know that I had thought about getting to 100 episodes when we began. And now that we're in it and watching what God is doing, I, I don't know. I think that if you've been following our personal life on social media, we're in the middle of a big transition personally. We... We just stepped down as senior pastors from our church and we're transitioning into a different ministry role. And we're also getting ready to launch a new ministry that's um, not a church. So it's not like that. But um, and I think I'm going to share about that more in depth in an an episode coming up in a couple of weeks. So you'll hear kind of the whole story about that if you're interested. But I think we're going to be launching a new podcast connected to that ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know if it'll be a monthly thing or a twice a month thing. It probably won't be weekly. So I think for the time being, we're going to keep the art of being you as it is. Um, I mean, I I talk a lot, so (laughs) I don't envision myself running out of things to say. I told you I I live the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, God bless you, Grant. Um, yeah, I, so I don't know. It's a great question. I'm in the middle of trying to think it through. Like I have no intention of ending it by any means. I haven't, I do have intentions of growing it more. I would love for us to hit 20,000 downloads by the end of this year. I think we're at like 13 and a half. So we still, we got, we're gaining a lot of traction, but we still got a ways to go. Um, and that being said, a great plug to end by saying, share it with your friends. Um, means a lot to me. Honestly, I don't know if you know how it works, but like when you rate or review a podcast, Instagram takes that and makes the podcast go up in ranks in terms of like when you search for it, how somebody sees it. So that's why everybody's always like, please, for the love of God, if you love me at all, please review my podcast. And because you have to actually go onto a desktop computer or a laptop to do it, I think Instagram, it's like, look, these people are serious. And then they promote, not Instagram, iTunes. Yeah. Sorry, totally. It's like, wow, all these things I don't know. No, iTunes. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but they... They promote it like that. It's it's like a big deal on Apple Podcasts when you get reviews coming in. So that's why I even say that every week. Not that you have to do it, but it is a blessing in that way. And I think I would like to see the podcast continue to grow and really help help liberate people to feel comfortable in their own skin because that's the goal, right? I always say the best version of you is the one that looks the most like Jesus. And that's kind of what we're trying to do, help chisel away the stuff that doesn't look like Jesus by diving it down the rabbit hole into the hard conversations for it. So, Well, great job, babe. Grant, this has been a delight for you to be on here with me. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. You're telling me I'm delighted. No, it's been a delight to me. (laughs) Oh, it has been a delight. It has been. I have enjoyed it. Wait, what an honor. (laughs) Now I'm, I'm lost at my own words. Help us, Lord Jesus. Every, everything's a delight. This was great. Oh, and the you. podcast is great. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate you being on. I know we ran a little bit long today, but it's a 100-episode celebration. And, uh, man, thank you guys for joining us and listening in. We'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. I don't know if you've noticed, but we are cruising through the summer this year. The last two years, we've taken the summers off because hashtag I'm a mom. And uh, this summer, my kids are finally old enough to where we can keep it going. So I'm excited about that. 
So you guys catch me on Instagram at Rachel Wartman on Facebook as well. I would love to connect with you there until next time. Be blessed. So you've just listened to the art of being you with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast and listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also share it with a friend, help me get the word out until next time. Be blessed.